Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show number 57. And this interview is with Patrick Powers, a Danish-born entrepreneur living in Greater London. Patrick, who's written a couple of books, runs a vibrant entrepreneurs club in England and works on helping SMBs on their email marketing and social media strategies. If you're interested in email marketing, hopefully you'll enjoy Patrick's perspective as well as some tips and tricks and a special offer for his program. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. This morning, it's a beautiful day in London, and I'm piped in directly on Skype with someone who I met when I was organizing a seminar with the uh, the Red Cats team in London. So, Patrick, tell us um, what you do, who you are, and what you're up to. Well, absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for inviting me, Minter, uh, first of all. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, and uh, my weird action is a, a combination of being born in Denmark and listening to too many motivational speakers. Uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was uh, 21 when I started my first business. And uh, it was a tremendous failure. Uh, I, yeah, basically, within a year, I lost everything. Uh, but in that process, I became uh, certain that I'm, you know, I'm born to become an entrepreneur. And I started starting all these uh, success books and, and started listening to audios. That was mostly an American and Canadian speaker, so it kind of picked up the North American sort of accent from there. <laughs> so, so well, I have a question. You know, we, you know, yeah. we're talking about success, and and you start with failure. And in the United States, we're quite comfortable with that concept. Actually, if you don't have failure, then you know you don't have any uh, epaulets on your shoulder. So, yeah. in in Europe, how do you find that comes along? Um, especially in Denmark, and it's, it's much much worse than than here in England, actually, where I live now. Um, but but yeah, there's uh, there's a uh, there's a big difference. There is a big, big difference. Um, they're much more comfortable with failure in the States. And, you know, they have this spirit of just, you know, keep on going on and keep on going on and failing forward. And, <laughs> exactly. um, and that's not really prevalent, especially in Denmark. All right. So tell us some of the projects and, and, and what you work on, uh, what you're in charge of in, in the UK, Patrick. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, first of all, I'm a, I'm a marketing specialist. I specialize on persuasion and uh, and closing strategies, conversion strategies. So, as opposed to many marketing experts, they um, focus on uh, like you, the branding or driving traffic. I focus more on the later stages where you know you have somebody, you have a lead, or you generate generate a lead, and um, it's about closing them basically, or turning them into a subscriber. And uh, I started uh, four years ago. I started something called Entrepreneurs in London, uh, and it was a group just uh, of entrepreneurs meeting up on a regular basis. And uh, and that was basically because I was desperate. I was I was broke back, and I I sold my first business, uh, very successful business. And I thought, hey, I'm I'm king of the world now. I can do anything. I can snap my fingers and just build another business. And uh, that turned out not to be completely true. Uh, there was still a lot to learn. So I ended up broke. Uh, and uh, having lived, lived in in, uh, in the Caribbean, uh, basically in paradise, suddenly I found myself having to come back here to England, and I was very broke. So I needed to, to start a, a network, and uh, so there was a reason behind starting it, and suddenly it just took off. 
And today we are the biggest entrepreneur meetup group in uh, in Europe, actually, with over six thousand members now. Wow! And so, how many times do you meet up? Uh, typically, two or three times a, a month. So once once a month we do a social event, and then once a month we do kind of a speaker event combined with a little bit of uh, networking, and then we do a uh, uh, one training event typically. All right. And how can people sign up? Okay, they go to just simply go to Entrepreneurs in London. .co.uk uh-huh. and uh, it's free. It's free to sign up, but our uh, events are very, very reasonably priced. So cool. All right. Well, listen, Patrick. You and I met up when we were talking about storytelling, and yep. and also specifically focusing in on email marketing, and that's really what I wanted to get into and chat with you about this morning. So let's start with uh, email marketing today. I mean, it's still a massively important part of anyone's mix. How do you determine what's going on and what are the trends in email marketing? Uh, well, first of all, I see a big trend towards HTML emails, more and more HTML, because basically it's really hard to stand out and brand yourself just by doing text because everybody's doing text. And in any marketing, um, well, let me rewind a little bit. You know, the, the, we have what is called the reptilian brain, you know, the brain that we've had, um, I guess since we were reptiles, whatever <laughs> it's common, common with, with reptiles, that is, is, is our survival brain. And for our survival brain, uh, there's only a few things that is important. It's one, can I eat it? Uh, two, uh, can it eat me? And three, can I have sex with it? And four, have I seen it before? Because have I seen it before is ex- exceptionally important when you're uh, living in an environment where you can be, you know, attacked by a lion or whatever. Uh, we're constantly filtering stuff that, you know, we see, well, we've seen this before, this is safe. Or if we haven't seen it before, we need to pay attention to it because it might not be safe. Right? So if, if something is just the same and the same and the same, and this applies not only to email marketing, but to all marketing, if it doesn't stand out and grab you, it's, you know, it's not different, it will just be filtered out as something that is safe and, you know, you don't really need to pay attention to it. So, so I think that's one of the reasons why uh, HTML is so, so, so important because there's many more ways you can stand out. I see. Are there any other trends you see? Um, uh, there are trends I would like to see. <laughs> Give us one. I don't see them that much, but that's, that's we're going to talk about a little bit later is, is – it's being more personal. I do see it a little bit, um, and it's something that is probably going to happen in the next few years. You, you start to see it more and more and more. Um, because again, you know, if you're not if you're not personal, if you're not relating to people by email, then you know, it's, what's right. the point? Yeah. You know, so within with email, it, it remains more or less free. I mean, at least uh, in terms of the say the send. You invest in, in a better makeup and an HTML environment to make it look good. But the spam is, is just proliferate, prolific yeah. and, and the, the noise is out there. So what, what do you see as the biggest challenges for people who are trying to drive email, uh, email marketing? Okay, well, the biggest challenge is definitely standing out, uh, grabbing people's attention um, because there is so much – and that's, uh, again, relevant to all marketing, but it's especially relevant to email because people have become used to email as something that, you know, it's just it's almost just noise and there's so much of it. So 
that is that is the biggest challenge is standing out and coming up with subject headlines you know subject lines that 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 are unusual that get people to stop and and of course also the uh, you know the first part of the email is also very very important um, so that it takes it takes creativity and and work to uh, to come up with something that is different and new and uh, and sometimes you know just weird something that grabs people. How do you evaluate? So that is is the big stuff. Yeah. How do you? Second? Yeah. How do you evaluate uh, how the different email um, services are working to vet out pollution? So you know the Gmail, the spam folders. I mean, I think that they continue to evolve, and I think people are getting more and more used to the the way, for example, Gmail is more and more intelligent about throwing directly into your spam folder things that aren't opened. Yeah. What's your insight on that? Well, I mean, the different services out there. Obviously, if, if you if you're serious about email marketing, it needs to be able to to uh, to measure your your open rates, your 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 click through rates. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I must admit, I'm not uh, too much an expert on the, all the uh, technical aspects of email marketing. I'm more the creative person right. coming up with the words. Um, but there, there's another thing that is to be said about um, looking at click-through rate and, and, and open rates and all this. And that's, it's actually less important, if you really, really know, how to connect with your, your audience is less important than you might think, because just be, just because people open open the email, it's not necessarily that they're going to read through to the end or click through, and just because they click through, they might not be ready to buy, and that's that's what I see is the purpose of, of an email is to make them ready to buy, um, not necessarily sell, you know, directly, but to prepare them to pre-sell them for the buy, and and uh, there's a lot of people that say, well, you. You know, you have to focus on the click-through rates, and um, and that might might actually hurt sales because if you if you ask for the click too soon, the click is not necessarily going to be committed. They're not going to be pre-sold. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's sort of about building a a relationship, some sort of trust that then says, well, when you finally do come to Austin to buy, they're ready, as opposed to sort of going in for I would call it the first date, exactly, and hoping for a wedding. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the, one of the biggest mistakes, in fact. Well, so you know, one of the things I, I hear about, and I, I I am certainly no expert, is not to have too many links in your email. Uh, you know, let's say whether or not you're doing an email marketing campaign or just an email you're sending to a friend. You know, you you find some of your emails ending up in their spam folder because you added three links into a. I send you an email, me personally yeah. to you, Patrick, and it and it goes into your spam folder. Although we already have relationship. Do you have any insights on that? Um, I haven't tested it with um, uh, you know any specific tools that, that really show me the specific statistics, but um, and I've heard this before. I haven't found that to be true actually. I mean, I'm I'm testing sort of my own messages to myself first and see whether they end up in my spam filter, and um, I have I haven't found that links will will make um, you know that links will make them go in the spam filter. However, what I found is that short messages, uh, often you know, short messages with a link or short messages with an image, they will they will often go in the spam filter. So that's that's another um, um, uh, vote, so to speak, for for long email messages, which which I uh, typically say you know the longer the better. Not necessarily the longer the better. It's not like a real sales letter, but 
most emails that I see is, is actually too short. And what, what, um, what do you mean by long? What's, what, how many words is long? Uh, that's a good question. I would say, well, you know, the longest and actually the best email I've ever seen was 21 pages long when I printed it out huh. on E4. That, that was the very best email. So you couldn't really say it. It, it, it all depends on, it's not really the length, it's whether, uh, how relevant you are and how uh, interesting you are or, or how boring you are. I mean, if, you, if you're too boring, you lose people in 200 words or less. Well, that's for sure. Well, yeah. I know, but I, was, I think I, was more, I, was, I wanted to ask more about this notion of it's short with links, it'll get in the spam filter. What is a, a an appropriate oh, okay. length? Um, uh, I haven't counted the words. So I've just kind of... Well, give us an idea. It's like how many paragraphs would it be? I would say 100 words. I see. If it's less than 100 words. Then, then you're in. I would say it has a good chance of going in spam filter. Uh-huh. All right, so... If, if there's a link with it. All right, and you know? uh, we're, we're going to get into this notion of, of rendering your emails personal, but I had a question for you. This is really, how do you see the role of social media... Uh, playing in a world of email, uh, of email marketing? It's extremely connected um, because basically it's almost two uh, sides of the same coin um, because both of the media is supposed to uh, create a personal connection with people. And if you're trying to use sale uh, to email just as a sales letter or as another just sales thing, sending out uh, offers constantly, you will fail with it. So it's, it's, it's very much related. Um, and, and one could support the other. It's all about building trust. You know, as I see, there's four phases of marketing. The first phase, you get people's attention and, and get the lead. Um, and the second is all about creating trust and, uh, and improving your competence. And that is where email marketing and, and social media comes in. It's creating that trust uh, and o- over time, proving your uh, proving your competence on a specific subject. Yeah. So yeah, um, uh, you know, you can use the emails to simply, you know, I would, and in fact, I do in a lot of my emails. I have links to my social media, so people can go and connect me there. Um, I have, uh, you know, you can do a, uh, a a part of an article in email, and then have them click through to your blog and other other social media uh, properties out there. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's tremendously connected. So one of the things that I have been uh, ruminating on, I should say, and, and or maybe projecting, is that your inbox will also or could also be filtered by the people you know in social media. So if you take the case of, of Gmail... It, the, the email arrives and it could go through a filter saying, well, Patrick and I are friends on Facebook, therefore I'll accept it. Or I could have the setting, well, I accept all friends of friends. So if Jane, who knows Patrick, sends an email to Minter, the filter will say, ah, it's okay, because in Facebook, Minter knows Patrick, who knows Jane. Yeah. You, what's your opinion of that? Uh, I've honestly never thought about that, but I, I now that you're mentioning, I, I see that if it's not, is that already a, a function out there? Is that already? Well, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't see it happening in Gmail with G, Google Plus, but okay. I, I, I mean, I haven't because you don't have those settings that you impose and say, listen, uh, I yep. know, I know Patrick, we have connected, we follow each other. There's, there's no moment where in there's no settings that set that up. It might yep. be implicit in the way it goes into the spam bucket. Uh, on Google, but it doesn't. 
I don't think I, I've never seen anything saying that's the way it is today. No, uh, now that you're saying it, I think it's actually a, a, you know kind of inevitable that it will happen at some point because people being so overloaded with uh, with email that mm-hmm. I think that's that's something that will happen. So, um, which goes to back to your point of you know well the importance of integrating social and this. Yeah. Uh, so tell us now you know some of the tips and best ideas that you have about making great email, uh, great emails. So we talked about making them short, making, you know, great header, great beginning, uh, the image or, or red image. Tell, what, tell us what, what are some of the great tips that you might like to share with us? Okay. Um, should I, should I, uh, go through some of the mistakes? Yeah, well? go for it. Yeah, totally. Well, first of all, one of the biggest mistakes is not being personal and, and talking in a language, um, is like you are a corporate um, entity, and also not having it coming from a person, which is kind of the same thing. But I, I see that even even some of the companies. I, I got one. I think was was uh, from the yogurt company recently. I'll see if I can find it here. Um, that was actually quite personal in the language, but it was not coming from a specific person. Mm-hmm. And that just makes it. I mean, it makes it it's unpersonal that it's not coming from a specific person. Um, so those are, those are, those are biggies, you know, make, make your language personal, speak from your heart, speak the way that you think, just, you know, write the way that, that you, you think in your head, uh, because basically people want to, um, they want to get to know you. They want to, to buy you or they need to buy you before they, they buy your brand, so to speak. Well, the, the whole challenge in an organization is that. I, so I'm the product manager. I write my you know super personal message, but then my boss has to sign off on it, or you know assuming it comes from the agency. Uh, so the individual person has all their personal juice in it, but then the, the yeah. sign off of, uh, process tends to kibosh that. And what's your experience there? I think that yeah, I think it's a it's a mistake if they do that. Um, I think it's it's fantastic if it comes if email comes from. From, from several different persons in the organization is fine. Um, and I see that with some of the big publishers in the, in the, in the U.S., like uh, uh, Boardroom and Agora. Um, they're sending, they're sending e- emails from different people, and they will have their signature. And so you feel, you know, you feel it's a person talking to you. It's not some kind of entity that is talking to you. You, you feel like you're in dialogue, and that's why it works so well. So I, I think that's a huge mistake. I mean, obviously, they're... You know, their 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 policies and procedures and rules and all that that has to be um, uh, you know followed in in a, in a big corporation. But I th- I think uh, that um, corporations they they're afraid of being too personal, and I think it's a huge mistake. Yeah, it, it makes me think of the issue of customer service. The other day, I was having a, a, I would say, a run-in with a a company, and uh, I got in touch with a customer. So I actually, I had to go through the regular channel. So that meant an email, and then the email said, no, no, please um, put up your your complaint on our website. And so, okay. So I went on the website, put it all up, and the bloody website kicked me out because... Oh. The the where you signed up and said, well, this is what I'm looking for. Was, they said, well, that's the wrong one. So I had to do it three times. Anyway, I finally, I just, I gave up on that. And I went to Twitter and I tweeted them. They replied back and they replied in a very customer friendly way. 
finally I got in touch with somebody on the phone. And when I said, well, could I send you my, my receipts uh, to be reimbursed? Uh, she said, well, I won't give you my personal email. You have to send it to a bulk email. So it just gets me thinking about this notion of customer service as well as email marketing or, if you will, you know, digital marketing. This, this ability yeah. to find a personality, a personable and a personal uh, relationship. And in, in the case of Twitter, you know, if uh, people sign PP for Patrick Powers or MD for Mental Dial, you know, little um, bracket yeah. MD is, as one can, well, that makes it really all the difference. Yep, absolutely. And it, it's just kind of weird that it's not being used more because if you see some of the some of the most famous brands in the world um, and most famous entrepreneurs, say like uh, Richard Branson or Steve Jobs, um, you know they use the personal branding masterfully, and they're very very personal and, and express their uniqueness mm. very very openly. Yeah, it's amazing when you see some companies who, where the CEOs are are just some corporate stiffs and and yeah. aren't prepared to sort of give of themselves. So, Patrick, uh, you coming up? You have a, um, a seminar coming up. What, what, what is that about? Okay, this uh, the next two seminars I have is uh, Marketing Transformation Day on the 11th of May, uh, and it's basically a, a one day intensive seminar on all the aspects of marketing you need to you need to have to to make successful marketing campaigns. Um, I also have uh, a Facebook Facebook training on the let's see the 22nd and 3rd of, of June. That's a two-day training. Uh, and sales that is not quite ready yet, uh, but people will be able to find it on fbmarketingtoolbox.com. Great. So well, if you like in, in, in Facebook, fbmarketingtoolbox.com. And on marketingtransformationday.com. And if you mention this, uh, this, this podcast, I'll give you 10% off already incredibly discounted rate of course all right well pat that's brilliant um just uh let us know how people can get in touch with you what's the best way to connect you or follow you Patrick? okay well well my social media home online is on facebook i i, I love facebook and uh, i don't spend too much time on the other one so facebook's the place to find me so if you just go to facebook.com forward slash patrick m powers.com Patrick, and M like a mother, and just powers.com, of course. That's my own domain. So, yeah, you can find me on patrickmpowers.com or on facebook.com forward slash patrickmpowers. Yeah, and and just one last thought was this notion of the Entrepreneurs Club where you've got um, several thousand, I don't know how many member thousands of people you have on it, and you're, you're responsible for animating that, correct? Absolutely. And give us give us one uh, tip as to how you think are the best ways to animate that. One of the one of the uh, a final parting tip on on good Facebook marketing. What what you've learned from managing that that community, for example. Um, there is there is when it comes to Facebook marketing and and social media marketing in general. I think there is a lot of emphasis on hey, you can get a lot of free traffic. And the virality of, of social media, you know, you create a viral campaign and you go crazy and you know overnight, you know, overnight phenomenon and all that kind of stuff. Um, the reality is that it happens very, very rarely. And to be able to come up with a video or picture or something that truly goes viral is not something you really can do by design in my, in my uh, opinion. Maybe if you're super creative, but 
I'm not super, super creative person, and most people are not. So what I find is the really, especially on Facebook, is important is to use pay-per-click campaigns, and that's what's driving our uh, our growth. Uh, you know, we're, we're a small company, and um, four small companies, we're with 12,432 likes now mm-hmm. on a Facebook page. And any any day that I turn on my uh, my Facebook campaigns, I can easily create another two to 400 followers. So that's 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 with pay-per-click, and I think that is so necessary for, for small business to also look at, instead of just the virality of, of social media, because if you're just starting out and you only have a few hundred likes, it's very hard to create something that goes viral. Yeah. So what what are the what's the technique you use for those paper clicks to make them work to get those two to four hundred people? Um, relevancy and and and, uh, and and very very targeted small uh, small groups of people you're targeting uh, small interest groups. So you know one specific ad for one small small interest group or, or keyword. I mean on Facebook it's not it's not keywords it's interests. Or demographics, um, and in the beginning, when I started out, I was targeting like all the people, all the entrepreneurs in London, uh, under you know, lots of different interests. And I learned that it, it pays to spend a little bit more time on creating a lot of different ads that are more targeted to to that specific interest. Mm-hmm. So lots and lots and lots of different ads, uh, and just testing constantly, constantly testing different images. I mean, on Facebook, the image of the ad is very, very important. Um, just something that grabs people's uh, people's eye. Mm. Uh, just putting a frame, um, a two, two to three pixel frame uh, around the, the image, that sometimes, sometimes can, can boost the click-through rate quite, quite significantly. Wow. Well, Patrick, uh, thanks for that extra, extra cool conclusion. It's going to make me think. Hopefully, it'll make some of the other folks think. I'll put all the links into the show uh, with your help. And uh, with that, we can go and have a normal weekend. Patrick, thanks for being on the show. Fantastic. Brilliant. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue radio show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. If you like the show, please don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or tweet it out. And if you speak French, you can find my other French language interviews on minterdial.fr. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. 
Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.